Yes, yes, y'all. How's it going? We are here once again to chat shit for you. Uh, I am uh, Nick, obviously. I think you've worked that out by now. And I am Scott. Yeah. Hello. So we're going to be taking a little break from our Hindsight 2020 series today to talk about WrestleMania 35 that just happened because, Nick, you were there. I was, mate. I was. Uh, We're going to talk about my entire, you know, wrestling experience, all the shows that I went to. And um, yeah, we'll just get into it. Ask me anything you want to know. Ask me anything you want to know about America. Have you ever been to America before? I've never been to America. I've never been to any sort of WrestleMania, although I really, really want to go. Well, you've never been to a fucking WE show at all, Scott. So no, I don't I've even not. know why you're doing this podcast, really, mate. You're a sham. Well, no, I'm a DIY indie veteran. Don't go in on that mainstream shit. Oh, right. Catch me all you're, the one of them, you're one of them twats, are you? Yep. Not yep. by choice. <laughs> no, not by choice, just by being poor. Yep, that's yep. the one. Uh, we can get right into it if you want, mate. Like, you know, ask what do you want to ask me? Like, do you want me to talk about the first show I went to? Well, or? I think overall, bigger than the fact that obviously actually going to Mania and seeing that like mammoth, mammoth show. Yeah. The big thing on my mind is what the whole experience is like around the weekend. Like, because week full, full week of it, or mate. Full, or full week because whichever city, whichever state. Whichever town that WrestleMania is always in, the WWE turns it. Well, not W, not just the WWE, but everyone in the world of wrestling sort of turns that town into yeah. Wrestle Fest, and there's wrestling yeah. stuff everywhere, and that's the sort of stuff that I'm interested in. Uh, well, it, it, I mean, it really is. Even with somewhere as big and as diverse, with so much shit going on as New York City, like we were staying in Midtown Manhattan, like five minutes from Times Square, where there's you know tens of thousands of people going through every day and even with the amount of diverse people that there are in new york doing all their new york things going about going to the theater and going about their own lives there was still a heavy heavy percentage of wrestling fans like every day from the day i arrived there on the wednesday um to the day that i left on the following wednesday there were there were wrestling t-shirts everywhere and you could go into a deli, or you could go into uh, whatever, a bar or whatever, and very easily find another wrestling fan and just strike up conversation with them. Which, so it's like wrestling fans just take over, basically. It's like, well, I'm not I'm not into football, as you know, but I, it, it would be imagined like, you know, like having the World Cup going on or the FA Cup final or whatever. All you need to do is seek out your people in your colours and you've got a friend and you can just you can just start up conversations with, with 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 anybody. I like that. That's I think that's the thing that attracts me to WrestleMania more than anything else, more than actually going. It's to like the a show. festival experience, it's like, almost. Yeah, that sort of festival experience. The idea that wherever you go, there's a wrestling fan there that you can strike up conversation with from all over the world, and yeah. you can sort of meet on a level that you both just love wrestling. Have a commonality with somebody, whereas in most of your working life, living life. You don't really see that everywhere. So, like, you can have a commonality with somebody very quickly and very easily and make friends with them. Yeah, so the show's on all the time. 
around WrestleMania. And oh all yeah, yeah. All I... different sorts of shows. What was the first one that you went to? First one that I went to was on the Thursday. I arrived on the Wednesday. Uh, the Thursday was the first show I went to. wasn't actually in NYC. It was actually in in Jersey City. Okay. Right. Um, so we get on the uh, Port Authority transit train uh, across the Hudson or underneath the Hudson. And we head to Jersey City, and that show was uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, which was a very interesting show, to be perfectly honest, mate. Uh, I've heard a little bit about the Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Exactly what what is it? If you could sum it up, without going into too much detail, what sort of show is it? All right, I was actually going to ask you, what do you know, what do you think it is? Uh, from what I know, it's a combination of shoot wrestling... And professional wrestling, so it's very hard matches, very hard, very hard styles. That old school sort of Jap- Japanese, you know, shoot basically worked shoots. It's very similar to that UWFI um, was was known as Bushido when it used to be on um, used to be on Eurosport back in the uh, mid two thousand. Actually, we've we've watched it together on uh, Amazon Amazon Prime, haven't we? Yeah, it's all on. If you if you're into that sort of stuff, the Bushido series. All of it is on Amazon Prime. I think it's like forty-five hours they've got on there, and I've it, been watching those, and they're great. It's good. It's the U, it's the U, UWFI, the uh, oh fuck, United Wrestling Federation International, I believe it was, just, sh- an offshoot from the eighties UWF. Yeah, just to clue you in, if you're not sure what that sort of style is, it's basically like when you're watching it. To sum up from sort of a fan perspective, it takes you a while to figure out what is being worked and what yeah. is actually shooting because they're really going hard on each other. Everything looks very realistic. There's not very many sort of big spots. It's just it looks like an all-out fight basically. Yeah, it's 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 very scrappy. Um it's it's easier to tell that it is worked in person than when you watch it shot on a screen. Um I went with my missus, who's a wrestling fan but's never really watched shoot style before, so it confused the hell out of her, to be perfectly honest. Like, yeah. I went with Steph to the show, and um, so for starters, there is a wrestling ring with posts with no bu- with no turnbuckles, with no ropes. So it's just like a square of canvas. In it's the a square of canvas with posts. For some reason, they kept the posts on. Yeah, but there is no ropes whatsoever. But what do you run into? You don't. You don't. <laughs> that's the point. You don't run off the ropes. You wouldn't do that in a real fight, would you? What do you jump off? Yeah, <laughs> once, once again, mate, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't do that in a real scrap, would you? I don't know. I think I'd probably give it a whirl. You give, you give it a go. If I ever got started on outside a kebab shop, I'd try and bust just, out. Just climb up a lamppost and drop an elbow on someone. I'd probably try and get out a shooting star press. Probably. <laughs> More impressive. You, know? you would be as successful you. as Brock Lesnar was if you tried that, mate. Yes. Ooh, we'll get into the main show. So, how long did this show run? Uh, it was, oh, crikey, a few hours, a few hours. Um, when you're watching it in person, depending on which match you watched, because it, it was very interesting because um, I actually got talking to one of the wrestlers later on in the week. I ran into him in an elevator uh, at WrestleCon, ended up following him. I wasn't actually going to the convention. Apparently, I was going to the locker rooms with him, didn't realise. Um <laughs> But this bloke I got chatting to, uh, his name was uh, Andy Williams, believe it or not, and he wrestled, bloody hell, 
uh, Chris, a bloke called Chris Dickinson, who I think replaced Filthy Tom Lawler, who was supposed to be on the card, but was pulled from it because I think it's because he was uh, contracted to a Major League Wrestling show. Um, his match, for example, uh, Andy Williams versus a bloke called Chris Dickinson, who I'd never heard of either of them to be fought before, to be perfectly honest. Both big, big units. Uh, they've got the call, I think they call him the Butcher of Buffalo, Andy Williams. He's a big, big strapping lad, maybe about 6'5", got to be about 250, 260 bills, with a big handlebar moustache. Don't know why they call him the Butcher, but Butchers have moustaches, apparently. Of course they do, every Butcher um, has a moustache. Their match was, was real scrappy. Like, they went into it trying to make it look like a scrap, like they were going in, they were throwing forearms and slaps and kind of shooting for single and double legs, and theirs was the most scrappy, most realistic fight of it. They were throwing some stiff low kicks and whatnot, and uh, I got chatting to this bloke, uh, like I said, in a lift uh, at WrestleCon, and I, um, I introduced myself and whatnot, and I went, oh, have you done much shoot style before? And he's like, no, I've, I've, I've never done it before at all, but I'm, uh, I've been friends with Josh Barnett for years. Josh Barnett's obviously a legendary MMA fighter, and I used to wrestle in high school and college, so I just kind of, I kind of went more to my amateur wrestling background than I did my pro wrestling experience, and um, it really showed because I'm a big MMA fan and a big pro wrestling fan. But yet, you could kind of tell that it was worked, but it almost looked real. If you just watched it as a snapshot on a screen somewhere, you might think you were watching real, real fighting, like a real wrestler, a real like fight MMA almost. Yeah, yeah, more like a, like a kumite. Like yeah. I say, you watch, you've seen Bloodsport, the film Bloodsport. Yeah. I think I love that style of wrestling. I really like it. I also really like it when professional wrestling brings that style into it because it gives such an authenticity to matches and gives, gets you very invested as a fan. Mm-hmm. I think the trouble with this style of wrestling now is, with that shoot style, is stuff like UFC and MMA is so popular that it's harder to get over as a shoot. Because Maybe every, so, because people can see through it. If they wanted to watch fighting, they could just watch fighting. Yeah, and people, if you're exposed to sort of fighting and you're exposed to MMA and you've you've watched UFC, you can see that a lot of these shoot matches, you know, you're just like, well, that won't work like that if it was a proper fight. It's, I really like it, but I am the niche market that they're advertising towards. It's neither here nor there. It's not bells and whistles, glitz and glamour, robes, pro wrestling. And it's not blood and guts fighting either. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But some cracking, some cracking, some cracking matches or fights on that card. Like, but so basically, the rules were, um, and um, you could only win by knockout or submission. And once, if you spilled to the outside, you would restart the match. Basically. Okay. Does it work on similar? Because UWIF works on like a point scoring. No, system. no point system. So it can not... o- it can only end in sorry, a yeah, knockout submission or time limit draw. Because that was one thing about uh, UWIF, UWF, that, UWFI, UWFI. Sorry, that I found watching it on TV and watching it on Amazon was fine because they would keep the scores up. But one thing that went through my head was like, if I was watching this live, I would have no idea How would what you keep the hell's up? going on. Yeah. How would you keep up? Well, I believe I believe the ref or the commentator would shout out. I believe in Japanese, obviously, <laughs> for the UWFI. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, so okay, I was talk a bit about some of the individual matches. Sorry, mate, did you have something in specific that you wanted to? No, ask no, me? no, no. Like um, the first match was um, an MMA fighter making his first foray into pro wrestling, as far as I know. 
uh, a bloke called uh, Phil Baroni. So any old school UFC fans will know exactly who that is. He's got he called himself the New York badass. He was a heel even when he was fighting. Like he didn't have the greatest record in the world, but he's he's a cocky New York motherfucker basically. And like he's turned up his real persona to the nth degree, and he's come out in um, I think he comes out in in like a sparkly jacket. He looks like he looked like a Greek god, like he was he was only a middleweight when he fought, but he's cut to death, like he's got real, real good tone to him now, and like, he's going out like, flexing and going, yeah boy, steroids, steroids are fucking great, which I found hilarious, and um, he was a real good wrestling heel, but this is his first foray into wrestling, so he was really good at it, he, he fought a bloke whose name escapes me right now, I've got it here, I've got it here, I've got it here. Uh, Dominic Guarini, who had never heard of, he was an indie wrestler who came out in a gi. So he came came out in a BJJ gi with a with a purple belt. Okay. And Baroni's uh, puts on his MMA gloves, and he's he's working as a heel so much that um, like he's trying to get him to the ground and sub him out, and Baroni's working more of a striking style, and he ends up getting a big right hand and knocking knocking him out, you know, kayfabe knocking him out. Uh, but because he was being such a prick and uh, beating on him after the bell. As is pro wrestling, yeah. Uh, the the ref reversed the decision, so like this bloke has never wrestled before. He's he does the heel thing really well, man. It's interesting. Just a, a little note: if you don't know what a gi is, a gi is the dressing gown and pajama type thing that karate people wear. <laughs> <laughs> just as they like it, like it referred to. Just as they like it referred to. Just in case you're wondering what a gi was, um, it's strange that they do that because that's sort of like giving more power to a referee than you would get in a professional wrestling match. Because in a professional wrestling match, a referee, to the best of my knowledge, has never changed the decision of a match and say, well, no, because you were a dick afterwards, the other guy won. Classic dusty finish. No, the ref would never change the match. That's that's what's known as a dusty finish, is the... Well, no, the the dusty finish is the baby face thinks they've won, and then you screw over the baby face is a dusty finish. Yeah, but it's never after the bell, though, is it? Yeah, that is a dusty finish. Oh, mm. well, there we go. So maybe something is you see you something that you do see in professional wrestling. Not so much these days. No, not so much these days. I think these days with um, the internet and stuff like that, and everyone's speculating about finishes, they have to be a bit more clean cut unless they're working it into a story. Um, interesting. So, aside from Bloodsport, what was the next show? That oh, I've got to, to talk about the. Sorry, I've got to talk about the uh, headline match of Bloodsport. Okay, what was the headline uh, match? Josh Barnett versus Minoru Suzuki of New Japan fame and of MMA fame. How old is he now? Suzuki, uh, I believe he's about fifty. Oh, I know that's an old like, name. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, well, we've watched him on on Wrestle Kingdom and whatnot, and he wrestled. Uh, oh, sorry, he fought. In a pancreas, like back in the early nineties, which looked very similar to this kind of shit, but was genuine fighting. So, like, he's the kind of person who has like wins over Ken Shamrock, like in fighting back in the day, and he's still at the top of his game. He's absolutely at the top of his game. Josh Barnett, it's probably about, I think he's forty. Josh Barnett, and they had one hell of a a back and forth. Even though Barnett's a lot bigger, putting himself on the main event of his own show. Yeah, well, it's got to be done, man. Got to be done. Got to be done. Classic. Um, but. Okay, so Suzuki is probably the big pro wrestling name in that. Josh Barnett is a big name in MMA. He's got a bit of wrestling experience. Who do you put over in that match? How do you think that match went? So you've got the bloke who's the show he's named after, and then you've got New Japan legend Minoru Suzuki, uh, who is, you know, uh, you know wrestling royalty, if you like. 
Who Re- do you put over? Who? How does the match go? Regular listeners to this show will know my track record for trying to book matches on the fly and how terrible I am at doing it. Um, it logic says that you put over the incoming guy, so the New Japan. Because logic says that because you want more you eyes want, on. You want more eyes on. And I think if Josh Barnett had won, you sort of get like, well, well Josh Barnett won the main event of his own show. So in logic, in my head, says you put over the Japanese guy. Uh, right. Um, well, I've I had that discussion with other fans whilst I was there and afterwards. Uh, a double overtime draw. A draw. A double overtime draw. So it went to a went to a twenty minute um, time limit draw. Okay. Then everybody chanted for five more minutes. They gave him five more minutes, and that went to another draw. You see, I kind of like but that. But they kicked the shit out of each other, mate. I kind of like that. As pro wrestling fans, we're sort of conditioned to believe that someone needs to go over. There's the old question that you think, well, who's going over in this match? Who's going over? And to give them something that is like, no one's going over, sort of adds some sort of legitimacy to that the fact in that, MMA it's, the, the, more the frequently. Fact that it's... A proper fight than people would believe you get draws in mma quite a bit because it's hard to score and they weren't scoring anyway nobody got the knockout nobody got the tap like even though it was close as you nearly tapped him a couple of times barnett nearly tapped him a couple of times nearly knocked him out a couple of times but there were two warriors who fought down to the bitter end and nobody went away unhappy that's brilliant i suppose that's very good booking Having a draw at the end, especially if it's an overtime draw, double overtime draw. Yeah. Uh, by Game Changer Wrestling, GCW put the show on. Uh, I didn't see any more shows of theirs, but it was Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, um, presented by Game Changer Wrestling. Nice. Um, what's the What's the other big show that you took away from? Uh, other indie the show that I went to. Uh, it could be an other indie show that you went to. I'm assuming you're going to mention that. Did the what other shows stood out apart from actual mania in the blood sport when you've told what about? was my favorite wrestling card of the weekend yeah. you're asking me yeah smackdown really smackdown interesting yeah yeah um uh, i have never seen the hardy boys wrestle live until that night nice and obviously they won the titles yeah so, a big hardy's boys fan yeah man are you telling me you're not yeah, of course I am. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting to see him as a tag team. They've only just got back together as a tag team because Matt's only just come back from it from well from retirement. From, yeah, you know that that was it. When he obviously he came back and then he, then he so called retired and then he was like, no, nah, I don't like this as a booker. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle again. Yeah. Came back looking good as well, like he lost some weight and stuff. He's lost a lot of weight. It was across a lot of new size, but Matt Hardy dropped loads of weight and is um, in really good shape. Not that he wasn't in bad shape, but. He's looking a little bit more trim, a little bit more athletic but that was, uh, these days. That so was... SmackDown was your overall takeaway show from the entire week you were there. Yeah, it was. It was actually. I saw a lot of the people. I mean, I saw a lot of the people that I wanted to see win. Um, there was a lot of action in regards to storyline, and um, you saw the introduction of uh, Sami Zayn as a heel again, which he's done yeah. before, but he does it so well. Yeah. Sami Zayn's been quite quiet because he's been out with the injury. But he came back um, on that. And he came back on that, and it's kind of good. Oh, sorry, no, I'm fucking this up. He came back on Raw, man. Yeah, so he came back, I, I, I meant he came back sort of this weekend, yeah. or the weekend of Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is good to see because you kind of see Sami Zayn as someone who could possibly get lost after coming back from an injury and be, you know, if he was just slotted in somewhere, not given any mic time, not given any decent matches, which might still happen. He might just fall back into sort of obscurity of the mid cards of not really being given much TV time. I, but hope the I love Sami Zayn. Yeah, me too. But I suppose to see him come back at Raw and SmackDown and be given mic time to say, right here, I am, I'm back, and not just, you know, like, oh, Sami Zayn's in a match, he's back, sort of thing. I like that because I'm a big Sami Zayn fan. Did you catch his promo on Raw? I've seen snippets of it. Um, I didn't see the whole thing. Um, Raw is something that's a bit of a challenge for me to get through, so I sort of watch that watch, highlights. watch that promo. But basically, it's the perfect place to do the promo that he did. Um, he comes back, and you think he's coming back to a hero's welcome, and basically... Um, You've seen WrestleMania, uh, Raw after WrestleManias before, haven't you? Yeah. What are the audience like? I, I, well, I got the gist of what you were saying because the audience are very much that thing that I really, really hate, which is the We Are Awesome chance where the best people in the building, like all the attention is brought to the crowd rather than what's in the ring or the crowd try to make it that way. And from what I've seen of his promo, you come in and basically just cut them to shreds. That's exactly what he addressed. And I was like, I was just pointing at him. I was like, "My man, yeah, uh, you just you, he hit it on the head, and there was no better place for him to cut that promo. Obviously, that was no accident, but it was perfectly placed. I, I mean, it didn't look like it was written. He looked like he was actually talking from the heart. Um, he's probably somewhere in between, um, but that was brilliant. But um, I'm nitpicking that. That 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 was raw. SmackDown overall was top. I got to see the Hardy Boys win the title. Get to see Alistair Black and Ricochet again. Um, it was just a, it was it was just a top card, mate. Any other indie shows before we get into Mania itself? Uh, I went to a show called Pancakes and Pile Drivers. Um, that started a little bit later than it was supposed to, but as you can probably gather, excuse me, as you can probably gather, that was supposed to start in the morning. Pancakes and Pile Drivers didn't actually didn't actually start until uh, twelve until twelve o'clock. Um, as is the way with indie shows. Obviously, that was at WrestleCon. So you buy a ticket to pa- a ticket to Pancakes and Pile Drivers. You actually get a general admission ticket to WrestleCon to WrestleCon to the convention. And uh, I enjoyed the convention. Um, I actually dropped a couple of um, a couple of books and a couple of signatures, a couple of pictures, which I've usually felt quite strange about paying people for signatures and pictures. We discussed this. We've discussed this briefly We've discussed this before. in the archive. It's also kind of strange as a grown man asking another grown man to have a photo with them. Yeah, Usu- I'm paying for the pleasure. Usually if I'm a little greased up with beer, I don't mind. Yeah. But if I'm sober, I feel a bit awkward doing it. And then uh, It was adding, morning. I'd still had a beer, though. Adding a payment to that kind of does make it a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. I got excited. Well, yeah, that's fine. I get excited at shows, too. I cut in line just to have a photo with Pete Dunn. I didn't realise I'd cut in line until after the fact. But I cut in line to have a photo with Pete Dunn. Because um, you, you can get excited and there's nothing wrong getting excited. It's half the fun of being a wrestling fan is getting excited about stuff you want to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you got some pictures. Who did you get? Who is the? Who do you think is the most impressive person you got a picture with? This is me being the nerd MMA fan and old school wrestling fan that I am. More, more MMA than anything is what I know him from than pro wrestling. But I had a lovely conversation before he even asked me for any money with Dan the Beast 7. Nice. Um, even got his business card. He gave me his business card. 
Nice. Uh, he was just chatting to me about, oh, who are you here with? Is this your wife? Have you been to WrestleMania before? Where have you come from? Um, I was talking to him about about old UFC. Uh, you get when you get the picture, you get the picture with his old UFC five Super Five belt from like nineteen ninety four or five, whatever it was, and the NWA championship, which he's kept all these years. Nice. Um, and I got a picture with that. I was looking at he sells CBD, CBD oil because obviously it's good for athletes for like inflammation and joint pain and stuff. And he clocked me looking at that. I had a discussion with him about CBD, and he gave me his business card. If I nice. wanted to, I could book Dan Seven for self defense training catch wrestling um public speaking um self-defense techniques for uh, armed forces and nice. for police like he's a, and i can buy i can buy cbd off him like guy's a legend <laughs> that is he's in such good shape as well for a bloke of like 61 or whatever he was yeah that's good cool before i'm get... the sandman i met the sandman before we get into anything else, this is a very good segue to promote what we're doing. Shwegway. Shwegway. As, uh, so the Wrestling Heel Nerd, the Fabulous Heel Nerds Wrestling Podcast. Okay, now. We are hosting a Fabulous Heel Nerds Wrestling Party, Ooh. which is going to take place in Manchester on the 7th of July. It's going to be the unofficial after party for Progress Wrestling's show that is happening at the Ritz Manchester on the 7th of July. That's going to be at Fab Cafe. We're hosting it. Going to be music, classic matches on screens, um, video games, all your old favourite wrestling video games from across the years. And uh, yeah, so it's a nice little plug of something that we're doing. They might let us wrestle on the dance floor as well, if you ask them nicely. I think we should probably play that by ear. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, so it's going to be basically a big wrestling party that we're hosting and putting on. The Fabulous Heel Nerds Wrestling Party. 7th of July, Fab Cafe, Manchester. You don't need tickets, free entry. From 8pm, it's going to be... Brilliant. And it's always cheap bevies at, um, at Fab Cafe, isn't it? Beers are always cheap for Manchester City Centre anyway. Yeah, we're still working out sort of beer deals that we could do with them, Ooh. but it's always pretty cheap anyway, so... You can, get, you can buy Skittles vodka. You can buy Skittles vodka, you can play on some... Not only just old wrestling games, but there's arcade machines in there. There's, you know, usually loads of. There's a TARDIS in there if you're a Doctor Who I, fan. To be honest, I reckon, I reckon, mate, the Mancunian Fab uh, Fab fans and wrestling fans, they know it. Like, they know you, it. they've probably met the Hurricane there. He was there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Nerd uh, Heaven. And all the screenings and stuff. Like, yeah, Nerd Heaven, man. You can't beat Fab. Nerd Heaven. So, for one last time, the plug is the Fabulous Heel Nerds Wrestling Party, 7th of July, Manchester Fab Cafe, 8 p.m., the official, unofficial after party for progress wrestling show at the ritz free entry if you are in a progress shirt free entry for pretty much everyone yeah all right anyway so i'm not lying <laughs> you're not lying <laughs> free entry if you've got a shirt on back you, to mania even if you don't so in terms of the weekend or the, the week, week the it's week full, full week mate. Full, full week you always think around the, the, the weekend they do they use the word weekend i was there from wednesday how, to wednesday though. how was because not in terms of a general wrestling show, but comparing it to takeovers of past, I found NXT TakeOver to be a little bit underwhelming this year. See, I've not watched it back yet. Um, a lot of people have been highly, highly praising it, so I do want to watch it back. It's a good show, don't get me wrong. NXT show's always good. But the it's just in the past, especially the past sort of two, three years, the NXT TakeOver shows are always the thing that comes out of my head Come, yeah, they they, they generally trump Mania. Out of, yeah, Mania Weekend, whereas in compar- com- comparable to their shows they've done before for NXT, I mm-hmm. found it a little bit underwhelming on first watch. Um, I'll be honest, I was 
maybe a tiny little bit underwhelmed. It's been, it's been getting high praises and the were some good matches on it, but one of the reasons I actually had Mania not ruined but tarnished slightly is due to my own tight ass nature with money. Okay. Right. So uh, I've had this discussion with you privately. Uh, I'm a oh. tight ass. That's well. That's well documented. I'm a tight ass. To with, give you, with give cash. you a bit of a spoiler here. Nick had to take out another mortgage just so you could buy a can of beer. Like, I've had this discussion with you before, but yeah. Fourteen dollars for one can of Modelo. That is absolutely obscene. Fourteen fucking dollars. That works out to be, I believe, about twelve quid. There are thereabouts. Yeah, it's, I got I got one twenty nine to one dollar twenty nine to the pound is what I got on my conversion. That is insane. But like, yeah, like Not if I wanted to get drunk, I would have had to drop a lot of money. Yeah. And so you're in there. You're sort of the atmosphere is being killed a little bit for you. A because... little bit because I was enjoying myself, and then it's like, well, I can't afford to get drunk now. Yeah. Which I don't need to drink to enjoy wrestling. I watched NXT take over Blackpool when I wasn't drinking, and I did enjoy it. But I went there probably already had a drink or two beforehand, and because I'm stubborn as well, and I think right, I'm not bloody paying that. That ruined it for me. Well, that ruined it. That's that sounds terrible. That put a uh, a bad taste in my mouth, shall we say? Yeah, I think it would. I got the ump. I got the ump. Basically, it would do to a lot of. I mean, there's going to be wrestling fans out there that'll hear this and be like, "Well, did, you're just an alcoholic." It's just it's just beer. What do you need to drink for? But when you're in the mood and you're in a watch wrestling for and you're watching a wrestling show, there's not nothing better than greasing the wheels a bit and being like, "I'm going to get a little bit." lubricated here with some mm-hmm. beer and I'm going to really really enjoy this and I'm going to maybe chant more than I would do if I was sober yeah. I'm going to get more excited than I would do if I was sober because I'm here on holiday having a good time and that was taken away with you by the $14 Can I, Americans are shit at chanting as well can I say that? you can say that what I makes did. you say My that? my podcast <laughs> uh, and I'll just, like, I don't know it's a British thing with the football culture and whatnot. Like, we try and be a little bit more creative in our chants Whereas Americans, all they seem to chant is, uh, you are awesome, you suck, uh, uh, they'll shout, kick his ass, kick his ass, um, choke him out, put him to sleep, like kind of things that you hear, you would hear on a film, like, yeah. but nothing original or, or amusing. Going back to Bloodsport, I told you that bloke I met, what, what did I say his name was? Can you remember? Uh, no, but Andy Williams. Andy Williams. Andy Williams. Yeah. Who also, for anyone listening, is a guitarist in a band called As I Lay Dying. Same, um, same bloke, I think. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right. Same bloke. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> who is also a famous Andy Williams? I don't know. The soft, easy listing bloke. I love you, baby. And if it's quiet, that, <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Andy Williams. Yeah. I tried to get an I love you baby chant going at Bloodsport. Not having it. No one was having it. I was like, he's a big, tall, scary metalhead with a moustache covered in tattoos. And I'm chanting an I love you baby at him. And nobody found it funny. I thought that was hilarious. It is hilarious, Nick. I guess you had to be there. Apparently not because it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, apparently not because no one was having it. It's mm. quite. I mean, it is quite funny. That's witty. Witty, very witty. Maybe you're just. If I do say so myself, <laughs> a little too, too many steps ahead of everyone. Oh, and I got I got a beer. There was a local. I'm going backwards and forwards there, all over the place. But at Bloodsport at the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, uh, a local brewer actually put on um, a Vince McMahon ale, 
like they've, they've made their own ale and called it Vince McMahon. I'll um I'll upload a picture if I can um to uh, to, to Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'll pop, I'll pop that out there for you. Vince McMahon ale. It was fucking horrible, to be perfectly honest. It was just like a cheap lager, but it was five, six dollars. No, it was seven dollars a can. <laughs> fucking hell. That was cheap. That yeah. was in Jersey. Um, all right, so back to Mania itself. Takeover, were we not talking about? Well, we were talking about Takeover, and it's under, under, kind of underwhelmingness. Um, you got sidetracked by beer, and then Andy Williams again. We're, we are jumping all over the place. We're, all, I mean, we're, not, we're not even discussing the matches. Uh, no, so Atlanta. what was your favourite match at Takeover, then, if we're going to get into that? Uh, my favourite match was uh, Volta versus Pete Dunne. But, you know, that is the one that I came away from thinking, holy shit. Because I think Volta, with that, sort of put himself on the map quite a bit because a lot of people didn't know who he was, even though he's a very, very big independent name. Yeah. A lot of people were still in the dark about who he was, and I think a good like testament to that is the commentary team called him Walter, was uh, kind of like, his name's Walter, until he started. A lot of the Americans do call him Walter, and a lot of people call him Walter, but yeah, it's Walter. Yeah, it's Walter, and until he started speaking, and I think that was, it put him on the map. In my very humble opinion, Pete Duncan always get a good match out of anyone. Uh, and, yeah, I, that was my match that I thought that that's brilliant. Yeah, no, that was, like, obviously stiff as anything, like, chops that echoed, echoed around, echoed around the room. And Pete working from underneath, and obviously he did drop the title in the end, but that didn't hurt Pete at all. But um, I haven't watched NXT UK. I believe that's on tomorrow night. I don't want to know. What they're doing with Pete now? Because I was expecting to see Pete on one of the big shows. To be honest, I he's not—he's not come out in the super superstar shakeup, has he? No, I was expecting him to see to see him maybe at Mania or at Raw after. Yeah, but at SmackDown, I was expecting to see him on. But um, yeah, they didn't go that with him. So it's one—it's curious to see what they're actually where they're going to go with Pete Dunne because mm, he, he's main card quality, in my opinion. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll get into Mania itself. Okay. But before we do that. The Fabulous Heels Nerds podcast, okay, we're now available as well as the Aaron Meta Show Network. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, what? Google Podcasts, what? Spotify. That's annoying. I'm going to stop that. <laughs> Breaker, uh, Radio Public, and many, many more. Also, if you like me, struggle sometimes with your wrestling facts and struggle <laughs> to keep up with your wrestling and news as much as you should. Wrestling24.com is the place to go. It is a brilliant wrestling platform. They put news stories up multiple times daily. You get all the latest wrestling news, their take on it, brilliant written articles, and as well as that, the Fabulous Heel Nerds podcast is also available on wrestling24.com. So that's where you need to go to mm -hmm. listen to us and also keep up with your wrestling news so you can be not like me and actually be a little bit more informed. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, um, going to the actual show... Um, the day of WrestleMania, uh, we had a coach booked with a load of other UK fans. We kind of scattered after we arrived. Um, but we got there pretty early. Uh, we got there like two-ish. The show doesn't start till five. And um, stadiums in America, not a lot around them. Nothing there but a big car park. So they do tailgating yeah. in the States, where you basically drink beer out of the back of your car. Other than all the independent shows and actually Mania itself, I think tailgating is something that I'd probably enjoy the most if I was at Mania. thing is, we didn't get any tickets to the official tailgate and we didn't bring any beer with us. 
amateur hour. It really was. So I literally had to go around asking people for beer. You scab. <laughs> but I met some very, very nice New Yorkers and New Jersey, New Jesuits, New Jerseyites. Jersey, Jersey folk. Jersey folk, Jersey boys. And um, yeah, these, um, these, these Yankee fellas were really nice. I went up and asked them for beer. He looked me up and down a little bit. He went, how many, how many beers you want? I was like, I, I don't know, four beers? Well, no, at first I said, how, how, much, how much are you selling them for? Well, he's like, well, you can have them. How many beers do you want? Kind of like, bit accusatory. I was like, four? He went, you can have, come around here. I've got some cold ones for you. Just opened up this big chest full of ice and beer and cans of Bud Light. Bud Light. Just that hand at one, two, three, four, five beers. I was like, whoa, stop. I've got as much as I can carry. My wife's waiting for me over there. <laughs> he was like, I'll tell you what. The payment is you got to chug one right in front of me right now. It's it's fucking Bud Light. It's like I can. It's Perrier water, Bud Light. Yeah. In it really, like I can drink Bud Light all day long. It's like necking a can of Fanta. Yeah, easy uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I necked one of those in front of me, and they were quite impressed with that. And I chatted with them for a good few minutes. Uh, I never went, but a fellow called Richie invited me to his lobster restaurant in the Bronx. I never went though, unfortunately. I didn't find time to uh, to go. But these are New Yorkers, nice, bloody, bloody nice people. That's what he said. Just make sure you tell everybody that New York people from New York are really friendly, and they are. They're lovely fellas. I think they've got New Yorkers have got a reputation for being a bit miserable. But uh, yeah, miserable, standoffish. Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah, I ain't got no time for you. You know what I mean? These fellas were having a whale of a time. Um, and they gave me beer and they were lovely. Um, so, yeah, it's a tailgating. It's a very unique American thing, I think, isn't it? Because if you go to the football, for example, you can just go to the pub near the stadium, can't you? Yeah. None of that. All there is is a car park of thousands and thousands of people. Well, I my WrestleMania experience was not as grand. I went to a friend's house who was having a WrestleMania-themed barbecue. In UK, what time did he put that on? So UK time, WrestleMania started. The pre-show started at 10 p.m. So UK time, the pre-show starts at 10 p.m. We started this barbecue from around 1 p.m. He had chili dogs. He had all sorts of crazy stuff on the TV because it was not that nice a day. So it wasn't a proper barbecue. Um, on the TV inside, which most people were, he was playing classic moments and classic matches. When I walked in, they were playing the Randy Savage Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth wedding. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and I was like, okay, classic moment. Here we go, classic moments. And then we headed into Manchester City Centre to Beer Keller to watch the pre-show and the main show. And so it, you get into what time, Manchester? Uh, we got into Manchester about eight o'clock. Right. So pre- okay. Pre-show well- starts at ten. So that's right. two hours before the pre-show. You started drinking at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, so that's this is now ten p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and the the, the ten p.m. the pre-show starts. Uh, that's nine solid hours of drinking already, and then the show goes on from ten p.m. pre-show, two and a half hours, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it's twelve thirty. The main show starts, and then I had to stay up till six a.m. Did you want to, Scott? I got to about 3 a.m. and was just like, I really wish I'd just fucking watch this at home because I would love that. It was, it was far too much of a endurance feat. Yeah, I mean, the whole barbecue, the whole guessing into the whole WrestleMania, like, woo, WrestleMania thing yeah. was brilliant. But then when, it, when I actually got into town and was like, holy fuck, I have to actually sit through this till 6 a.m., yeah. that's when it became an in, a bit of an endurance thing. I fell asleep multiple times. Um, I rewatched most of Mania the following day. 
the main show because I just kept, I just couldn't, I just, and it, it, I wasn't alone, there was a lot of people in the pub dozing off here or there, there was a lot of people whose attention and sort of gusto and energy for the whole thing was taking nose dives, man, like loads of people were, and I was one of them there, like, just looking at my phone going, holy fuck, it's fucking 3am, three more hours. <laughs> Got three, three more hours of this. Three more hours, yeah. So you, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a long, it was a long ass day for me, like, with with all the travel and the actual shows and whatnot, but, um... Like we don't seem to be talking much about the matches. We're talking more about the experience. Well, the experience in general, but we'll get into the matches now. So, I did rewatch Mania the next day, so I knew oh, exactly what was good, going good, good. on. You, I didn't like just... I said, I've not rewatched it yet. Sorry. So, uh, I... you remind me what happened. I'll tell you what I experienced. So, we'll skip the pre-show. Okay. Because that would, you know, we don't want this podcast to be fucking a day and a half long like Mania was. Um, we'll get into the main show. Alexa Bliss comes out. She's the host of WrestleMania. Uh, very absent for most of the show. She yeah, not like much of a twice. host, was she? No, not much of a host. Not given much hosting time. Uh, she then says, if I want a WrestleMania moment, I, all I have to do is snap my fingers. She snaps her fingers. Hulk Hogan's music plays. He comes out. I'm nonplussed by Hulk Hogan at these. The at crowd this point. loved it, except for the group of maybe half a dozen to ten uh, gay black lads who were all there together. They were big wrestling fans. They were all had belts. They were not fans of the Hulkster. No, I'm not surprised. No, no. So I was like, they they were booing him to fuck. Yeah. And, um, I'm so not I'm... a huge Hulkster fan. I mean, if you listen to our regular series, Hindsight 2020, you will know that my favorite incarnation of Hulk Hogan is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Well, he's being a heel. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan himself, the real American, I don't really care for. So but he was a hero to many. He was people. a hero to many. So he of is, our age and older. So you have to you have to give him some some acknowledgement. Not, he is not, of, not been forgiven by the black community though <laughs> for what he did, said and did. Yeah, Even so, though the WWE seemed to have kind of brushed that under the carpet. They've kind bit. of like just forgotten it a little bit, haven't they? Which yeah, they yeah. kind of can and will do with certain things. So then he's it's what a real ha- American does. He so, doesn't like. Halfway through him talking, Paul Heyman strides out. The whole place I'm in pops to fuck Mm -hmm. because Paul Heyman's there. And then we get the first match, which is Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Yes. I enjoyed this match, although many didn't. Many people around me thought it was bullshit because it was show. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great because all I wanted to see was Seth go over clean. And that's what we got. At the time, I was a little bit like, what's going on here then? You know what I mean? Like, what's what what what's all this about? Wasn't quite sure where they were going with it. Um, I mean, I don't know what I expect from a Brock Lesnar match, but I expected more from a match with Seth Rollins. I expected a bit more of a beatdown, a bit more of an underneath fighting, a bit more of a competitive classic WrestleMania match. I was expecting this to go on somewhere near the end. You got you got the classic beatdown before even the bell rang. You did, but how long was the match? Not long. Not long. Like may- maybe five minutes. Exactly. I was expecting that to go on somewhere near the end, and I was expecting at least 15, 20 minutes of competitive action. Lots of speculation in the... Because Seth, that's what Seth, that's the match that you expect from Seth, because he is the workhorse, the cardio machine that he is. Yeah. You expect him to be beat the shit out of for a good I expected half an hour. more of a classic wrestling match, shall we say. 
yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in the dirt sheet and online and speculation and stuff like that. And I personally don't want to be one of those snarky podcasts that gets in, into the online forums and then takes all the information from where everybody f- else gets the news from. <laughs> Why yeah. fuck you don't we? I, 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 I'll, I'll read it and I'll listen to it, but I don't want to be on those podcasts that takes all that information for as gospel. Yeah, as verbatim. So. There's lots of speculation that Brock apparently showed up, demanded to go on last. He was told that's not possible, and he said, well, I'm going on first. Fuck you. And then that's why Hulk Hogan sort of looked a bit perplexed when um, Paul Heyman just, you know, strolled out there. Yeah, I mean, that's not unbelievable. (laughs) It's not unbelievable, but I'm not sure... Well, no, you can't take it as verbatim, because who's reporting this? Nobody knows. It's not being reported from the inside. It's, you know, Chinese whispers, so to speak. Somebody told somebody who told somebody who got a version of it. Yeah, and if you watch... I watched recently the WWE put out a very short video of the behind the scenes of WrestleMania. And if you watch that, there's footage of Seth Rollins backstage before the match in the gorilla position. And he looks calm, you know, and I mean, granted, you can tell that, but he looks... It doesn't look like anything out of the ordinary is going on. This was released after WrestleMania, though. It was released after WrestleMania, but they've got the footage in gorilla there and everyone looks calm and you imagine if this was the case that happened that it was you know right then he said everyone would be flapping everyone would be flapping, flapping about but, vince yeah. would be shouting on the headset yeah but people, bruce pritchard would be yeah, people yeah whatever people look like they're just going about about the daily business. business yeah so but once again we've discussed this the blurring of the lines and the fact that we are the generation of fans who discuss this and dissect it is what makes it great the fact that everybody's talking about it, was it this, was it that, was it the other? I mean, yeah. I don't tend to comment too much on these forums and these groups because there's nothing I can add to these. But people have already said the right thing and the wrong thing a million times. Me putting my aura in is not going to do so at all. Yeah. But the fact that everybody discusses it so much and at length makes me smile and I'm sure it makes Vince McMahon smile as well. I'm sure half of it's done purposely. So of course, of course yeah. it is. Of leak, course it is. Leak this little bit of information out. Leak this little bit of information out. Leak this fake story out. Get everyone chatting. I'm sure that's you know part of their business plan is to get their social medias all... Just the fact up. that there's so many layers to the product is what makes it brilliant. Yeah. So after that match, I can't remember exactly which Double, match two, it was. Two curb stomps, I think, wasn't it? So, yeah, three curb stomps. Three curb stomps. Triple curb stomp. Seth goes over clean. I'm pleased about that because that's all I wanted to see was Seth going over clean. And then... Any, I mean, any speculation as to what happens with Brock now? What happens with Brock? I don't know. I think the whole... The absent champion thing and him being a special attraction... Him saying he's going to go to Las Vegas where people appreciate him more, meaning the UFC, obviously. Yeah, and stuff like that. Chuck us my vape, Scott. Okay. Ever the professional... You know, you could have signaled to that. Anyway. It's, it's fine. <laughs> People like to be inside. Uh, inside, here we are. So, I think him being a special attraction, I think him being, you know, the absent champ and stuff like that, I think, in my opinion, that's run its course. I love I love Brock Lesnar back in the day. I still like him now when he has good matches and he does his thing and it's brilliant and entertaining. But I, I just want them to do something else with him because they've been doing this with him for so long yeah. that it's getting a bit tiresome of Lesnar. Yeah. He shows up fucking once a year. Seven seven years now, 2012, he came back. Yeah. I loved it when he came back and had that match with John Cena. Yeah. But it's been seven years Seven now. years. He shows up once or twice a year. Maybe one in every three matches is actually good. The rest are a bit like, well what was it's the same thing we've seen over and over again but he's still drawing to the casual fan he is a draw to the casual fan yes so personally what i wanted to see them do with him is something different um what exactly i don't know as we've discovered before on this fabulous heel nerds podcast i am not a great booker 
So <laughs> no, I won't hear it, mate. So I'm just sat here going, I want something better, but what? I don't know exactly what. Well, that's it. We're the whinging fan, mate. That's what we do. Yeah, uh, ours is not the reason why ours is but to bitch and cry. Yeah, um, mania itself. We'll get into some more matches. One thing that I found really bizarre about the whole show, mm-hmm. it's five and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. In that time, they found time to have our truth and. Um, Carmella's Car- Carmella to do a dance the on, world's on the biggest stage. ever dance break the, yeah they have, they found time for that but they didn't find, find time to let big matches go longer than two minutes are you talking about Samoa, Samoa Joe and Ray Masiro, yeah right that annoyed me at the time but what I didn't realise is Ray was apparently injured even though he looked alright on Raw last night yeah and it's you you think how injured he was and they they found Time for that dance and the t- preposterous stuff like this. I found but, that a bit disrespectful to, to Ray. I'm a big Ray fan. Like I yeah. found it a bit disrespectful. I'm sure Ray took it in his stride. Like, but I found it a bit disrespectful. I was excited to see Ray Mysterio wrestle live because I've never seen Ray Mysterio wrestle live before. And you still haven't. <laughs> I, I suppose I still haven't. No. No. Um, your favorite match on the card. Oh, crikey-o. Um, mainly due to the reactions, probably Kofi going over Daniel Bryan. Kofi going out over Daniel Bryan, where I was watching this. As I said before, people fell asleep, people kept waking up, and there was lulls, there was dips and lulls in the, the attention of the people there because it was so late at night and everyone was fueled with a lot of beer. This is one where I was awake, the entire room was awake, the room was going up and down with every move, every chant, everything, people were going nuts. And then when Kofi eventually went over, it was, the place erupted. There was people crying, for fuck's sake. Seriously, yeah. In a bar. Actually crying. Actually crying. In a bar in Manchester, there was people crying that he won. And this match was brilliant. I've said this before, but it was perfect in its imperfections. Because it looked like a brawl. It looked like a very good wrestling match. Because it was. But it wasn't like a very organized choreographed dance, as they say. Kind of like our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was done with enough sort of slip-ups and mistakes and punches and scrappiness that it made the match just absolutely beautiful and perfect. And I loved this match a lot. I, I love it for the same reasons and just the reaction with, you know, in air quotes, 83,000 people, however many people were there. You know, we, we always know those numbers. Well, we don't know, but we hear. There was 1,000 people there. 1,000 people there, yeah. Um, but, you know, however many people, the fucking lot of people, a lot of people there. And um, just the reaction all around was just, was just jubilation. It was one of those special WrestleMania moments, like, whether or not you think WWE marketing is real or bollocks, WrestleMania moments do exist. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, ma- you're there and you experience these magic moments, storylines. I mean, it's not even been built for that long, but, like, the art, the, the story arc works so well, the way they built it from from Elimination Chamber onwards. Um, It was just elation. It was a perfect ending to a perfect story. And we had th- the three... Big matches. So there was Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, the Universal title. You had Kofi, 
and Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship, mm-hmm. and you had Becky Ling, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey for the everyone knows who I'm talking about uh, <laughs> for the women's Raw and SmackDown championship and we had three baby faces going over in this match doesn't happen very often does doesn't it? happen very often you don't see it i was kind of expecting one upset i thought the upset might come in the seth rollins brock lesnar match i'm not going to say that i'm a genius and i could see that they were going to put kofi over but i could see that they were going to put kofi over <laughs> um th- that aside it was still a brilliant match and then the i thought becky was going to come away with that as well and i know that's what everyone wanted and the fact that they give it to us Made a very rare but very very special WrestleMania. Very beautifully put, Scott. Very beautifully put. You have poetic moments every now and again, don't you, mate? Every now and again. Uh, Any other good matches? What did you think about Triple H versus Young Dave Batista? Really, I liked it. Oh. I liked it. Granted, granted, he fell over, and granted, he was blown up after that five minutes. That fucking made me piss myself when he fell into the ring, but. Uh, Apart from that, everyone's going to talk about that in podcasts. In terms of the match itself, I got really bored. I got really bored. You didn't think it was a good... I mean, like, the table was the most over in the match, obviously. Yeah, I just found it a bit like... And this is me being a huge negative Nelly. But at the end of the match, circumstances probably contributing to this, I I literally said, that was shit. Did you really? Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it. I don't know why exactly. Because they're not as young as they once were. They're not as fast as they once were. Not as young as they once were. They're not as fast. I found... Character-wise, didn't give a shit. Didn't give a shit about Batista. Didn't give a shit about the story. No, I do because I I do like Batista. And I like the fact that it was his retirement match, which everyone could see. Because fucking Triple H is not losing that match. But no, no. I just found all the you know the spots like with the nose ring and stuff like that. I found it a bit, a bit, a bit hokey. Yeah. A bit silly, wasn't it? Yeah. And a bit like, well... You know. Wrestling can be silly and still be good. Of course it can, yeah. But I think in a brawl like that, where they're trying to make it this big... you know, Make like, it a bit more brutal. Uh, yeah, this big, brutal fight, and it's like, oh my God, what are they going to do to each other next? You know, And we've talked about before how I'm a bit of a stickler for... I'm not a stickler, but I've got a bit of a bloodlust for wrestling. In matches like this, I think it's needed, and the fact that neither of them got colour or bled kind of took you away from really it. You can't really, unless it's hard way these days. Well, H. Well, no, Vince wouldn't. Vince don't allow it unless it's the hard way. Yeah, no, that's my complaint. Right. You needed for this match to really hit home of what it was trying. You to You know be, what? A bit of color wouldn't blood. have gone amiss in that match. Exactly. You needed that blood to get that sort of like ooh factor going. Because it would have piqued more interest. Seen as, I mean, they can't go as fast as they once did. It's kind of like like why Flair. One of the reasons probably Flair. I mean, Flair could always fucking go no matter what, like, but Flair just liked to bleed. But it does, I mean, as much as I'm a sick fuck for saying it, the blood adds an extra layer of drama. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And it adds that sort of intensity to a match that, in my opinion, just needed it because without it, the nose ring stuff was hokey. You know, the, the slowness of the match didn't help because you're like, well... If you're gonna put a beating on him, put a fucking beating on him. You know what I mean. I still liked it. They still sold. They still had some. They still had some big spots in there. Yeah. I think Ric Flair came out as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they had the best match they could have had, but still not good enough for you though. Clearly, it was my least favorite match of the night. I think. Okay. But, no, well, no, if you uh, like, if you like silliness, yeah. and you've got a bloodlust and a thirst for danger, yeah. How was your enjoyment of Shane McMahon versus The Miz? 
I really like this match, weirdly enough, because it was so Even silly. though it's a lot of the things you were just talking about. It is, but I liked it because Shane McMahon can go, The Miz is an incredible wrestler, and mm. the story they told in this, there were some silly parts, but... <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit, but I think they got away with it in this because the even, context... In which even this... Miz's dad putting his dukes up. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. And it was a bit preposterous at the time. But it's something you look back on and be like, well, that's funny. Where's the Batista Triple H match? I didn't have to find any part of it funny. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I think this was supposed to be funny. And Straight away, were you thinking, right, I'm looking around this here stadium. What's tall? What's high? <laughs> my my thought was because... I was like, I've never seen that scaffolding before. What's that scaffolding for? And this Irish fella next to me went, he's, he's going off that there. He's going off that there. I was like, is he? Or is that just a lighting rig? He was, was like, nah, he's going off that. And lo and behold... <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of because of the context I was watching it in where I was in this bar and I'd been up for a very long time mm-hmm. and I was awake for this. My thought in my head was just like, Shane better jump off something fucking massive. Otherwise, here. I want my money back for this uh, free thing that I went to. It wasn't free. I bought a ticket. Oh, had you? Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't probably a mania prices. It was five quid in. But uh, yeah. Not what I paid, kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was like, you better fucking jump off something big here. And they did, and it was kind of, the suplex they did was good and impressive, but you could kind of see that they landed on a load of cardboard boxes and Obviously. crash mats, which was like, you know, expected, and it was a bit like... He always, that's how yeah, he always okay. usually does a lot of his big, big bumps, like when he fell off the Titantron thing against Steve Blackman with the kendo yeah, I'm never stick. expecting him to actually just land on the floor. Well, well that's the way you're talking. No, but, but it's like, suspend my di- disbelief to a point where I look like that could have really fucking hurt. Whereas this was look, the landing looked pretty soft. Um, I'm, that is a very, very critical. Picky, aren't, very picky, aren't you? Can't just picky. fucking enjoy something. What do you want me to say? Every match was great. Yeah, it was okay. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was good. That was bad. That's boring. Nah, I just like, I just like slagging. You've got to, you've got to pick, the, you've got to pick these things. Um, I did enjoy it. I thought it was silly in the right ways. What I found really bizarre though is because I love Miz for being such a ridiculously good heel. Yeah. Cheering the Miz, yeah, I found odd because yeah. I did want him to win. And when Miz Dad came out, I was you laughing can't, my ass you off. can't. It's very rare. You, you mean you, you cheer Shane O'Mac um, because he jumps off big things, but like the McMahons are always in wrestling canon not likable, aren't they? So that's why yeah. by default you're cheering old Mike Mazan in there. Yeah, and it's like a big 180 on when uh, Shane first came back and it was like the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. and he couldn't do anything wrong. This is a big 180 in that and he's turned heel and you're like, fuck you, Shane. But never trust a McMahon. No, never trust a McMahon. Never trust a McMahon. We talked about this very briefly. I'm going to do one last little plug here. We were re- recently on uh, Fab International Radio as guests. Fab on... Radio International. Get the bloody station right, dickhead. Fab Radio International as guests on their wrestling show. Fab Talk Wrestling. And Fab Talk Wrestling, yep. And the host, Stephen, uh, pr- proposed to us what we would think of a Shane and Vince McMahon tag match with Miz and Miz Dad. And I, <laughs> I think it'd be the greatest thing in the world. It would be fucking brilliant. So let's just break that down one more time. Say it slowly for those of you that didn't quite catch it. Didn't quite catch it. Vince and Shane McMahon in a tag match, got to be a street fight, against Miz and Miz Dad. 
Mizdad, as in the Mrs. Dad. The Mrs. As Dad. As in the potato-like man with yeah. the droopy hair and the mustache. Fucking put, put his dukes up. I mean, he's a, just a normal bloke, and they had him selling on the on the fucking canvas and you know, like uh, flickering his eyes, mm-hmm. and they kept that shot for so long, and it they was did. so cheesy. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, cut away from it. This is really like sort of taking me out a bit because you can see Miz talking to him. You can see, even though he's lying, quivering his eyes, he's enjoying every moment of this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we got Vince and Shane against Miz and Miz Dad. Dream booking there. Got to be a street That's fight. That's got to be getting done. Who goes over in that match? What do you do? What do you do in that match? What you go on? We, I, keep, I keep on telling you to book things on the fly, but... I'll book this because I said it the other day and I think this is the best way to go. You've got Shane and Miz fighting out on the floor. They've gone somewhere else. They're in the back, you know, doing the classic maybe Raven-Kane match. Shit from uh, Mania 17. Oh, the shop, uh, bloody golf cart. Yeah, so that's going on there. <laughs> right. And while that's happening, you've got a split screen, and Vince and Miz Dad are on the side of the Titatron, like really, really high How up. How did they get there? Really high up. Who Vin- went up first? Miz- who's chasing who? Miz Dad is smacking Vince, who's trying to run so away. So Vince, Vince ran away from Miz Dad. Vince is doing a full up on. the Tron. Full on heel. Is run away from Miz Dad. He's halfway up the Tron. Miz Dad's hitting with hitting him with a cane. Vince takes a ke- a, like a kendo stick or a like, kendo an old, st- like an old man's walking stick. A, ke- a kendo stick. Vince <laughs> right. does a full on Shane drop from the side of the Titan Tron into what we presume is cardboard boxes. Miz Dad comes down a few rungs, drops a huge elbow, gets the pin. Like a Shane O'Mac elbow as well. Shane O'Mac elbow, yeah. Right. Um, if you don't know what I'm proposing there that is the exact situation aside from the Shane and Miz part that happened when uh, at Armageddon I believe it was or Backlash sorry when Shane did a huge bump off the side of the Titan Tron okay yeah so that's like aping that then so Vince McMahon who um, I believe is 70 or 71 now by the time this comes around he'll be at least 72 I I mean I would estimate don't know exactly but around that age this isn't something you can just put on at a rumble this has got to be a mania Uh, okay yeah exactly yes another 12 months from now Um, I don't know how old Miz dad is he's got to be in his late 50s early 60s but he just looked like a bloke that you'd see down the pub he just looks like a chubby Mustachy old man with glasses. Yep, that's what he is. He's dropping an elbow from the side <laughs> of the Titan Tron. And Vince has taken the biggest bump you've ever seen. I mean, that would be amazing. What the likelihood, I don't know, but you know what? I'd pay double what I paid to see that. That would be an incredible match. That would be me. Uh, dream bookings aside, what was your favourite match from all of this? Did from, I the, from the entire Mania show. Not your favourite match, sorry. What is the one that you set would think, other than the Kofi Daniel Bryan one, because you've already said that, stood out as this is mania? Um, well, I'm probably going to say the headline match, but that'll be skipping ahead. Do you not want to talk about, for example, one of your favourite wrestlers retiring in the ring? This is what made me cry. <laughs> One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Kurt Angle. One of the best wrestlers the business has ever seen. Legitimate Olympic champion. Has his retirement match and gets defeated by Baron Corbin. Don't like Bar- Do you not like Baron Corbin? I don't mind Baron Corbin, but I like like him less now. Yeah. <laughs> and I can see what happened. It's, it's, it's general... 
wrestling tradition, you put over someone who's on the up and up. I get that. You go out on your back. You go out looking at the lights. You get pinned. One, two, three. You tap out, whatever. But you put someone over. I understand that. But the big Kurt Angle fan in me wanted to see him in a classic Kurt Angle match. against. He's not capable any longer. Against someone like a John Cena. You know, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Kurt Angle, John Cena for a classic Kurt Angle match for his retirement match. But as you say, apparently he's not capable anymore. But rumour has it, he needs help getting out of his fucking car these days. He's so beat yeah, up. It's not, it's not pretty, surely. No. Um, You are right. And but the thing is, I've seen some of the things he's put on Twitter and, and other things, and he has kind of, with respect to the business and the ways of the business, has said he's not one hundred percent ecstatic about what happened, but it was the right thing to do. He believes, and I believe he's kind of towing the company line. Yeah, well, I mean, he will do at this point, but. I can't help but be disappointed by what actually happened, but I under I understand it. I understand he's doing the traditional thing he's supposed to be, which is put someone over on the up and up. That being said, though, because he was sort of semi-retired anyway, mm-hmm. when you see him come back, you want to see him have one of those classic matches. I think that he makes did, sense. I do think he. Did, I do think it is what his career deserved, and I believe a lot of people will believe that is what a man of his stature. Deserves. Should have done. Yeah. Deserves. He deserves. That's what he deserves, really. But it, it is was what upset- happened. That will it forever be. Happened. It was upsetting to me um, because I'm such a big Kurt Angle fan. I mean, we're not ones to say what's respectful and what's disrespectful. We're not in the business. We're just, as I always say, a couple of twats with a couple of microphones. Uh, excuse me, but I just booked the greatest tag match of all time two seconds ago. <laughs> I think I also uh, you. Sorry, sorry, brother. There. Sorry, brother. You and Vinny, you and Vinny Mac will be having pints together down the bloody Labour Club, Gentlemen's Club, whatever. Whatever Vinny Mac drinks in. <laughs> uh, so main event, let's get there. Charlotte probably missed some matches. How but fuck it. We don't have all day. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. Main event WrestleMania, first ever women's match. Main event WrestleMania, fully deserved. I really, really, really love this match. I love the build up to it. I thought it was a perfect ending to WrestleMania. It was fantastic, in my opinion. Um, very. Str- How did it go down on camera? What was the What was the mood in? Uh, where did you watch it? Beer Keller. Manchester. In the beer keller. What was the mood in the beer keller? Hundred percent, almost Becky Lynch. Yeah. Fans. Hundred percent smattering of Charlotte Flair fans. Not many Ra- Ronda Rousey fans. I was cheering for Ronda. I, I, I'm a Ronda fan myself. I'm a big Ronda fan, but what's weird with Ronda is she's kind of accidentally turned herself into a heel. Don't, no accident there, mate. By the way so that she's... Fully, be- fully intentional. By berating wrestling in general. That's fully intentional. Of course it's fully intentional. You think what? You think that's accidental? I think part of it's accidental. Fuck off. Is it bollocks accidentally? Really? She's wor- you're getting worked, my friend. Am I getting worked? You're getting worked all over the shop. Oh, dear. You, Mark. That will happen. I am a Mark. We're all Marks <laughs> here. <laughs> Just Marks happen to be called Nick and Scott. Um, okay, so yeah, maybe t- that's fully intentional. A smattering of Ronda oh, Rousey fans. bless Scott. Um, oh, cotton, Marky socks. Well, fucking Marky socks or whatever. Becky Lynch did go over. Yes, the crowd popped. Everyone loved it. A bit confused by the pin, which apparently um, a WWE official has been fined for. 
If you don't know the situation, basically, spoilers, by the way. Should have probably said the beginning. It was over a week ago. It was over a week ago. If you've not seen it now, what are you doing? Um, But (laughs) basically, so... Why are you listening? (laughs) Becky gets the pin on Ronda. The ref starts counting before Ronda's shoulders are down and a long time before as well. Her shoulders are clearly a good, you know, six inches away from the mat before the pin, pin goes down. Couldn't tell... In the arena, in the stadium. Watching it live, they had a full-on close-up of it. I mean, they did have screens up, obviously, uh, which I had to watch quite a lot during the AJ Styles uh, Randy Orton match. <laughs> oh, yeah, to skip back a bit, you were one of the people blinded, weren't Couldn't you? Couldn't see a fucking thing. Couldn't That's... see a thing. On a show, like... This is what I don't understand about that situation. Aside from technical fault, say it was a human error, I don't understand how that happens. I have worked previously on uh, productions as a camera operator. And even on small productions, like, you know, shows at the Manchester Arena and stuff like that. Yeah, Which isn't a small show, that's still no, so 13,000 or whatever. Yeah, so it's like 13,000 or whatever. And when I've worked as a camera operator there, the ship is so fucking tight about what everything's on. Everyone's job is, like, nailed down. You're the lighting person. You get your cues. You know what's going on. Like, and that's on, you know, not a small show, but nowhere near the size of WrestleMania. Apart from a technical error, I don't understand how a human error could be made to do that. Mm. I don't understand how that happens. I don't understand how someone isn't, A, roasted on the spot, and then B, it was for, fired it was after a, wasn't the fact. A short, sorry to cut you off. It wasn't a short match, and it was for the duration. Yeah, so it was a match. long time it happened. So I, I speculate it was probably... A technical error where they just it just w- turn the light off. just w- it just wasn't going off, and then they had to fix it some some way somehow. That took a long time because something that in the technical standpoint of WrestleMania, the setup is going to be an absolute you know maze of cables and wires and uh-huh. um, different sort of uh, um, consoles to control all of those things. So I imagine. That, if it is a human error, I can't see how someone, one, didn't rectify it straight away, and two, wasn't fired afterwards. Like you say, probably a technical error, but there was a lot of people on the forums, like I, uh, we booked everything ourselves this time at WrestleMania, so all the tickets were individual. Um, We booked out a block with a load of other UK fans, and uh, a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people all over our side of the stadium I've seen on the forums and in the Facebook groups trying to get refunds. Like, I'm not I'm not much of a... Even though I paid just as much as they did, I'm not much of a complainer. Like, I find it too much hassle to go through the process of pissing and moaning and complaining to get my money back. I, I can... still enjoyed my day out. I still had a cracking night. I fully understand people that do. I fully understand people that do. You're fully within your rights to complain and get your money back. But apparently they haven't refunded... Anyone, as far as I've heard, I can see it from the standpoint of this happens and the the you know the lucky go getter who's trying to get every sort of you know a skinflint is going to use. A I'm sk- a skinflint. <laughs> I've told you, I'm the biggest skinflint. I flew over from fucking Manchester. A lot of these were uh, people from the states. Yeah, so I'm I, just not much of a complainer. So I can see well someone who's a complainer or someone who's like, I will get the most out of my money and I will get my money back could be taking that line and be like, we could get a refund for this as long as we keep our voices heard. 
I can see that side of it where people are maybe taking advantage of like, you know, because it's just one match. But at the same time, I can see the other side. If you're a huge AJ Styles fan or a huge Randy Orton yeah, fan, and that is the match that you wanted to see and you're in a part of the arena. I do want to watch it back because I know they put on a good show. Oh, it's brilliant. And you can see, and you, you, you're there and you that's the match you've wanted to see. That's the match you're most looking forward to and you get there and you can't see it. Yeah, maybe I would. That is like, fuck. That's, that's gutting. Because there's a match on every WrestleMania that you know someone's like, I'm really looking forward to this, this specific match. And if you're a big AJ Styles or Randy Orton fan, that would be the match that you're you know most invested in and to be there and not see. It, I can see the how fair angry play, yeah, be. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if that you went put yourself in my shoes, you was at WrestleMania and that happened as much as you didn't like what happened. Imagine that happened during the Kurt Angle match. Yeah, that would suck. you'd be furious. Wouldn't I'd you? be furious. Uh, yeah, you would be furious. Um, if it is a technical fault, I think they're lucky it didn't happen in one of the main title matches. Yeah, because that would be a bit, that would be an even bigger sort of a. Yeah, that would be a. In big terms of that match, though, again we've jumped back a little bit from the main event. In terms of that match, the AJ Styles uh, Randy Orton match, it was brilliant. It was very very good, and not to be too critical of Randy Orton, but a lot of the times these days, because he is a veteran and he's kind of old school and he's got his ways, he looks to sometimes be phoning it in a bit, and doesn't look like he's. From given... what I could see, he. he put his work in yeah and with this match he didn't look like that he looked like he really wanted to be there and was just like this is going to be a good which match which is funny because I think AJ Styles is actually older than Randy Orton <laughs> oh really yeah yeah I think AJ Styles is like 41 and Randy Orton's like 38 or something oh really well uh, yeah in terms of WWE WWE yeah um, Randy Orton's like a big veteran and he does sometimes phone it in a little bit for this he wasn't phoning it in because it was brilliant he can well, like I said, he knows his onions. He he, he 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 works what he well, he always works, but he looked like the intent was in was there in his eyes to put the yeah. big match face on. Let's skip maybe not forwards, backwards. Forwards. <laughs> uh maybe not the whole way. The iconics getting the women's tag champs. Oh mate, that went over so well in person. When really, I really was... everybody everybody in the stadium keeps saying arena. Everyone in the stadium was cheering the Iconics, and it's not what I expected. I was cheering them because I think the Iconics are so genuine, they're so funny, and like even though they've been put as these chicken sh- chicken shit heels, it works for them, and yeah, they seem does. to have turned into baby faces I, because of it. At the time, because as I say, this is all come from perspective of a man who was, you know, trying to conquer a, like seventeen hour drinking marathon. And also, not as young as you once were, mate. Not as young as I once was. So, as I say, I was falling asleep occasionally. This was one match where I was sort of lulling in and out of a little bit. But when I watch it back the next day, and you know, subsequently, I believe I believe this was a, one of the best matches storyline-wise on the card. Yeah. Because it was just so good, and they are they're chicken shit heels, but they're so good at it, and they're just so good at being annoying. Um, and that, obviously, that almost makes them endearing. Yeah, and after the fact as well, it's you know these rumor mills and the dirt sheets and the wrestling forums that I said earlier that we don't want to read too much into have said that apparently Sasha Banks said that she wanted to quit that day because she found out that she wasn't going over and they had to drop the belts. Yeah, and then as since like she's been you know nudges and rumors and yeah. all elite. And then yeah, well, and then since then also went on holiday that was unscheduled apparently. <laughs> Um, and also unfollowed WWE on Twitter and started following AEW, um, but then has also recently just come out with a, a tweet calling out all the wrestling marks saying you don't know what's going on. Blah blah. But blah. is she working as young Scott? I believe that she is. Yes, I can't. I can't see. 
her leaving WWE anytime soon. I think if she does, she'd be stupid. If what's happened, she could easily get a job at All Elite. If yeah, she could. But I think if what hap- what what said that has be- has happened, is true, and she wanted to leave, and she was saying, "Can't believe you made me drop the belt." I think that's very unprofessional of her. And very surprising because she seems like someone who knows the business and is a professional. But we don't, know, but we we don't, don't know, know her. She might be a full-on cunt. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, I mean she's probably not. She's probably a lovely person. For, forums she... would say she's not very nice to fans. Oh, really? Is that the word? Yeah, apparently she's not very, she's not very polite to fans when you meet her. Um, she's, she's West Side, isn't she? She's related to Snoop, mate. Yeah. She's back in a gap. Can do whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, the iconics went over, got the belts. I really enjoyed that. You could no, but so, sorry to you know go slightly back on the point you were saying. Like you can imagine why. Some, I mean, I don't know the iconics, Peyton and Peyton and Billy's, if the, if that's their real names. Don't know their history of being wrestling fans, but like like Sasha is by all accounts a lifelong wrestling fan like who studied the game endlessly considers herself probably a great worker big eddie guerrero fan all that kind of stuff she considers herself the worker probably yeah and for 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 her to drop these belts which they've not held long to a couple of gimmicks that probably gets a backup that is apparently her issue, if she did have an issue. If she did have an issue, apparently what it is is the fact that they were told that they're going to make the tag, cha- the women's tag champs a very long and established thing and they would be champs for a while and getting them off them would be a big... And this would give prestige to the titles. Yeah, give which you can see as a legitimate, if it is true, is a legitimate argument because one of the things with the uh, women's actual singles championship is the fact that they flip it so often... Belts in general, mate. Yeah, belts in general these days. It gets flipped so often that, it, it, you know, you you wonder, well, what does it even mean? You know, like, she's champ now, but what does that mean? Like, No, I agree. They I don't agree. Build Championships some, don't mean as much. As they the, don't build someone up for a long time, like, year-long champ as much as they used to do, aside from Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. He only shows up once in a while, so it's like... It's I wish exactly people held thing. belts longer. But yeah, that's a too. whole other discussion. <laughs> okay, shall we? Because we're getting on a little bit here. Go straight into the main event. Right, back to the main event. Back to the main event. Uh, wrestling happened. Women won. A ginger won. A ginger won. Yeah. A ginger woman won. Becky Lynch won. Uh, the fan favorite, crowd favorite, my favorite in this match, and it was a nice, wholesome feeling. Like the clusterfuck at the end didn't ruin it for you. Nah. Oh, the, the apparent clusterfuck. It confused me, and I can be. I could have seen it being something that they were, would work into a storyline, but they haven't so far. Um, they've just sort of breezed over it. And I no, I enjoyed it. I did. I did. Like I enjoyed the show as an entirety. It was a great experience. The beer was almost as expensive at <laughs> MetLife as it was at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So the Met- but I tried not. I just tried not to let it bother me. Yeah. The MetLife was where the was where Mania was. Mania was, and Barclays Center was where Barclays Center is in Brooklyn. Yeah. The MetLife Stadium is in New Jersey, and Barclays so Center was where Takeover was. And was where, where Takeover and Raw and SmackDown, and where someone very silly tried to attack. Well, did attack Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah Hall of Fame. I didn't go to Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, you missed out on a doozy. <laughs> um, I turned it on in my hotel room and saw it just as it was happening. Yeah, madness, yeah. madness. That was uh, absolute. 
Insanity. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy was a prick, and he got what was coming to him. Uh, not what, what else can you say other, mean, than, other than he got what was coming to him? Tons of people have said this. He's not clearly not a fan. Clearly someone just... He's someone with mental health problems, clearly. Either mental health problems or trying to get himself over because apparently he's an amateur MMA fighter. Um, so what I'll do is I'll attack a 61-year-old man with no hips and stroke and cancer survivor. Yeah, who is very well respected in the building and you can't expect to not get the shit kicked out of you for doing something like that. Which uh, he did. Which he did. Yeah. Quite soundly. I read a really funny thing because it was Travis Brown was the first one in. Shane was the first one in. Uh, Travis Brown was shortly behind him, but Shane didn't kind of tackle him. He was the first under the ropes. First person to get digs in was, was Travis Brown. Was Travis Brown. I believe it was Shane, Travis Brown, Brown and the New Day were mm-hmm. the first in. Travis Brown was going to town on him, and I saw a really funny tweet where someone said, if there was 10,000 people in the Barclays Centre, you want 9,999 9, of them to be hitting you before Travis ba- Brown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, being, being the professional fighter that he is and all in a heavyweight. Yeah. Um, and that lovely sucker punch that Dash Wilder got in on him. Yeah. That was a beauty. I like It was like, it wasn't me, officer. Literally had him by the scruff of the neck. Cold clocks him with a left hook, I think it was, and then just walked away. Yeah, I mean, as much we as... can tone violence on this podcast, <laughs> as if much you're attacking as, Brett yeah. motherfucking Hart, is a, as much of a thing it is that you wish didn't happen, which with some idiot attacking Brett, Brett Hart, he's not a fan, he's just a tool. It's satisfying to see someone like that get that get their come up and. And you know what, Brett took it in his stride as well. Like he, he just even continued, didn't he? He just continued, and uh, he was even telling a story about what it was like being uh, a heel. In the 1980s, yeah, and even even when it was a little bit, it was a little bit like that, <laughs> which was amazing that he took it all in his stride like that. What a yeah. what a trooper! What a trooper! Gotta love a Bret Hart. Gotta love Bret Hart. Uh, yeah, so I think we'll wrap up there. That was our Mania special. Next week we'll be back to the usual hindsight 2020, where we're doing a deep dive back into WCW 1996, continuing with the storylines between Bash at the Beach 96 when Hulk Hogan famously turned heel and created the NWO. The New World And finishing with the following pay-per-view, which is Hogwild. I believe in that series, we've only got two more Nitros before Hogwild itself. Mm-hmm. After then, we're going to be deep diving into an, another part of wrestling history, Continu- continuing the hindsight 2020 We haven't series. decided what yet, though, so if anybody has any suggestions... Yeah, if you've got any suggestions, tweet them at us at FabHeelNerds or Instagram message me at the Fabulous Nerds, and you can catch us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Aaron Meta Show Network, Radio Public, and a lot more. You can also catch us on Wrestling24.com who are very big supporters of us and are also putting us on their website and it's the best place to get all your wrestling news as well as some other fabulous podcasts that are on there. Also, do not forget to join us if you live in the Manchester area or you're going to be in Manchester on the 7th of July for the Progress Wrestling Show because we are hosting the official, unofficial after party, which is going to be the Wrestling Heel Nerds Wrestling Party wrestling matches on screens dj playing all your favorite wrestling tunes and much more music and also console games to play on all your favorite old school wrestling games bare knuckle fighting in the middle no bare knuckle fighting in the middle free entry for anyone if you're wearing a progress shirt even better 
Even better. We'll recognize you Even as the better. people who are supposed to be there. Yeah, the people <laughs> that are supposed to be there. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Uh, this was our WrestleMania special. Nick was there. I was not. I was trying to slog it out in a marathon drinking session in Manchester at the Beer Keller. It was a fucking seven and a half hour long schlog. I probably would have drank as much, but it was $14 a beer. So Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, difficult, difficult one. Side story, I almost got arrested on my way home as well, but that's, a, that's sorry, another story for another, another day. Story, it's got. Another day. Yeah, I was in the right, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell. On that bombshell, we've been the Fabulous Heel Nerds Wrestling Podcast. We will see you next time when we're going to be back doing our usual hindsight 2020. See ya. See ya.